630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Number two of 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins once again tonight. Reed will be back in the big chair on Monday. Look forward to that coming up in uh, this hour of the show. Uh, we're going to introduce you to a young man by the name of Matthew Watson. He's a receiver that plays for the Ross Shepard Thunderbirds, high school football player. He's going to get the chance to go to the Grey Cup in Calgary as part of a, uh, a, a, a special promotion. And we'll uh, introduce you to him. Uh, got a chance to uh, get to know him a little bit before uh, before going on the air today. And uh, nice, likable young man. So we'll uh, talk about that and uh, others other uh, matters in a moment as well. As the Eskimos play the Bombers tomorrow, 5.30 is countdown to kickoff. 7 o'clock is the kickoff between the Eskimos and Bombers on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Hopefully it's a big crowd. Here, and it's going to be well over 30,000, so that's great. It's Military Appreciation Night, which uh, is a nice segue into our series that we've been running this month on the show, How We Watch. And it's about how we watch the sports that we love, how the fans of today are consuming sports in the digital era, the social media era. Rick Lollisher, the former Eskimos president and CEO, holds that same post with the BC Lions, was on a couple of weeks ago about how to, you know, how marketing has changed and and how the game experience has changed for fans. And he mentioned a lot about the phones. You know, a lot of people are on their phones at a game. It's more of a gathering place. It's almost like a, a cover charge to a club in some in some sports. And the CFL is kind of becoming that way as well as uh, organizations have to kind of be a little more innovative. We had uh, Scott Moore on last week, a former executive for Rogers Sportsnet, who uh, was a big, uh, well, he engineered the biggest uh, TV rights deal for the NHL in uh, Canadian history and talked about, that deal talked about, you know, the, just the options, the endless options that fans have at home. And it's hard to get them off the couch and go to the game, basically. All the streaming options, all the options on cable. There's a game every night, it seems like, in the National Hockey League, and even in, in sports, period, whatever sport you like. And now we're going to talk about the in-game experience. Uh, pleased to be joined by Rich Myers. He was the former director of game presentation for the Edmonton Oilers. And right now he is the, uh, he uh, left that post actually. He's now the senior director in business development and solutions uh, for a company called Game Changer MVP. He joins us right now. Rich, nice to have you on Inside Sports. How are you? I'm doing very well, Dave. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, first of all, let's talk about your new role. Now, you recently left the Oilers yeah. um, and, and talk about this, this new role with, uh, with Game Changer MVP. Yeah, so I started with the Oilers back in 2014 uh, at the you know at Rexall, and I was first. That's where I was first introduced with Game Changer. Uh, they worked on a little bit of a content for for me, but you know, listen to the the, uh, the segue there, talking about interactive and really, you know, when we moved into the new building, Rogers Place in 2016, uh, that's where uh, you know we really stepped it up on the interactive front, and really kind of my thought was. 
changing how do I change the model from a host contestant where just you know one or two fans have a chance to win? I really wanted to create an environment where everyone could participate, uh, everyone could have a chance to win, and you know have a lot of fun doing that. Uh, you know, and obviously showcasing some of the great technologies that we had. So I started working with Game Changer on the team side, really heavily in, on the interactive game front in 2016. That continued the games continue to get better and better. Uh, and, and then it was just kind of a natural transition. Fast forward to today, three kids later, uh, all little dual citizens, and uh, <laughs> we're back here in Michigan now, and now working uh, on the on the vendor side. Very cool. Uh, so, and and you did uh, a lot of great work here. In fact, you were instrumental as far as that final game at Old Rexall Place, which is the Coliseum now. Yeah. Um, that was a that was a wonderful night. What what was it like to work? on that uh on that night because it was it, like i say it was just great to see all the ex oilers and the current oilers all mixed together yeah. what was that like it, uh it was a, it was a blur i could say that um <laughs> you know obviously there was a ton of work uh you know multiple people uh included on that you know anytime you try to get you know close to 200 alumni and uh, the entire edmonton uh, edmonton symphony on the ice logistically um it, it was a challenge, you know, again, insanely long hours were put into the planning of that. Um, but like you said, I, I thought from, a, you know, from start to finish, keep it in mind, too, you know, that was basically a five, almost a six-hour show. Mm-hmm. We opened doors early. We had a great game against the Rangers that night. We had the, the long intermission getting set up, and then basically a two-hour <laughs> ceremony to close the building down, right? Mm-hmm. And um, But, again, countless hours. And uh, it, it was it was an honor, honestly. Uh, you know, coming to being an American, and you know, coming to the Edmonton Oilers and, and the great story and the franchise and working, uh, you know, an NHL in a Canadian market, a very unique experience, especially in Edmonton, as, as you and your listeners very well know. Um, you know, everything we do, good or bad, is obviously under the microscope. And um, I felt the weight of the world going into that night because uh, I know all the great memories fans and everybody had. And, and like you said, I, I think overall it was, a, it was a really special evening that people, uh, you know, certainly when I was in Edmonton and they knew what I did, uh, you know, had really nice things to say. So as we're talking about, uh, about how fans engage sports today and there are leagues that are concerned about attendance and and there are leagues that are concerned about the game experience how important in your area um is you know with what you work with with the technology and we'll, we'll talk about roger's place in a moment and that had to be a, right. a like <laughs> the world is your oyster rich go ahead right. do, what, do what you want right. but yeah exactly here's there's the keys of Ferrari, right? <laughs> That's right. But in a general sense, how important is that game experience aspect of when fans come to a game? Because it's changed. I mean, I remember when I started going right. to games, it was the game. But now... Right. The game itself, even though fans are not, you know, that's not uh, on the back burner anymore, but there's other elements to this game experience. How important is the technology side of a building, of a stadium, of a ballpark important to fan engagement and game experience right. in general? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question. And, and obviously every market is going to be different, right? You know, coming from uh, prior to Edmonton, I was in the American Hockey League with uh, Grand Rapids Griffins for numerous years. And, you know, in a, a market like that, yeah, you know, obviously knowledgeable crowds, but at the same time, it's entertainment first versus a market like Edmonton where hockey is 
is king, right? Mm-hmm. And these fans are so knowledgeable. They're dissecting plays, you know, and it's, it's really intense on the hockey front. At the same time, you know, there's other aspects of, you know, professional sports is a business, as you know. So there's other ways that you got to get sponsorship, incorporate sponsorship, marketing, all those other factors where you really try to find the, that balance, right, where I never want – I want the game to come first and foremost. And then I always try to find ways that things that we need to incorporate into our show and, you know, into the business, how can I do that in an engaging way that's not going to take away from that fan's experience of, you know, watching the game. So I think, you know, I think we did a, a really good job overall. You know, you mentioned, um, you know, we won a couple uh, uh, awards at the Idea Conference, which right. is uh, kind of our, our Oscars of game presentation throughout uh, all of sports. So that was, a, you know, quite a, a big honor for us because, you know, uh, you know, I'll face it, you know, not everything was, a, was a, a hit that we did. But the thing is, we always tried to be different and to push the envelope and to present different looks and different things. You know, some are going to not go over as well as others. Um, but I, I do think because, you know, you mentioned Scott was on uh, last, earlier last week, um, fans have so much choice now, right? Yeah. And the at-home experience is so good now that we got to find, engage, and to make it a unique environment and make it special for those fans paying good money to, to come out to the game. Rich Myers joining us here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. This is part three of our How We Watch series. And uh, Rich is the former director of game presentation for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, you, you said one key, uh, one key, a couple of words, I thought key words when you were uh, explaining all of the uh, all of this and the importance of the game presentation and what you try and accomplish, you said it's a show. It's not just coming to the game right. and watching a sporting event. There's, like you said, there's a show element to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, you know, it, it's funny. We always invite people, uh, you know, staff, and, and, you know, sometimes we'll have guests and people. And I said, you know, come on in, come in the control room, put on the headset, and listen to what goes on at a game. Yeah. And people, you know, whether they're there for five minutes or they, they sit on the headphone and listen to the entire game, they were absolutely blown away with how much that goes into a production, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a live scoring event. And, um, you know, certainly at Rogers Place, because of all the displays, all the tools, all the technology, that re- that's, it, it's a complicated show. And, and everything we do, for the most part, is scripted out to the second. Um, so the precision needs to be there. We try to jam as much into uh, you know that three-hour window as we possibly can, and that doesn't happen by by accident, right? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people involved, and in, in, you know, a lot of time, effort, energy, and, and to trying to make that as seamless as possible, so you don't even realize, you know, uh, you know, everything flows from one one element to the next. And you know, and and I guess at the end of the day too is is and you know, we know which market we're talking to right now. And Oiler fans have been a little disgruntled lately. You you probably know right. that, but <laughs> you want to have a fan leave a building and going to, regardless of result. If it's a win, it's okay, great. Everyone's happy. Everyone's yeah. charged up. But I'm sure the goal is you want to give fans a memorable experience and go and and go. Well, the result maybe wasn't what I wanted. If it's a loss, but man, that was fun, and I can't wait to come back. No, absolutely, and that's really it. You know, obviously, when when things are winning, when you're winning, it it, it makes things a heck of a lot easier, especially on the game presentation side. 
Now, unfortunately, uh, in my five seasons there, uh, you know, one of those was, was successful on the ice. The other, you know, were a disappointment. And, and it does make things uh, a lot more challenging on our end as, again, everything is, is magnified. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we do everything that we can in our power, in our control, uh, to try to, you know, have fans excited or, or feel good about, you know, at least moderate about uh, the the evening and not bitter when they're uh, heading back to their cars. Yeah, no question about it. As Rich Myers joins us, the former director of uh, game presentation for the Edmonton Oilers, joining us tonight on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports as we have part three of our How We Watch series. When it comes to what you do inside the stadium to enhance game uh, experience, is there a lot of market research that you can draw off of, um, like what what maybe teams are doing at the minor league level? And you you've come from the AHL level, but does that kind of stuff exist at uh, at the big league level? That or is it a lot of it is trial and error? That well, here's an idea, let's try it and see how it goes. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you, you know, I think there is. I, I can speak from the Oilers' perspective. You know, there is a lot of interviews that they do and. and uh, focus groups with the season seat holders uh, that I use that information, you know, to see it's always really helpful. And for those listening, you know, the more specific they can be, the better. Um, at the same time, you know, you hear about Nashville, you hear about Vegas. I, I've been around, I, I've been to those venues um, and they do a great job for those markets. But I think we know, you know, as there's elements of Vegas that we were, you know, definitely trying to add, we know a lot of that stuff, wouldn't work in our market, right. right? And there's a number of factors why. You know, one, if, if you're struggling on the ice, doing a live action, you know, uh, show on the ice, uh, sword fight, you know, to the open, probably isn't going to go that well if you're, you know, <laughs> 10 games out of the first. Um, the other thing is, you know, the obvious is a lot of times when fans go to Vegas, they're going to be on vacation. Uh, you know, you're sitting in flip-flops and beautiful weather and maybe having the cocktail in your hand at 11 a.m., uh, you know, it's a different environment, right? Yeah. And so, you know, there's certain things and elements that we we try to take the best of the best and things that we think are going to work in this market. And again, some of it is trial and error. You're absolutely right. You know, we can learn pretty quickly if something falls flat, right? <laughs> um, and especially in a market like Edmonton with, you know, as rabid sports fans and, and sports radio, um, you know, I hear it. <laughs> Believe me, social media, good, bad, uh, uh, indifferent, uh, I hear it all. So, you know, it, it is an interesting market. And But I can honestly say and, and know I've lived in a lot of different places around the, the country, and the Oilers, the passion that they show is, is unrivaled. And, you know, I, I lived in Wisconsin. I had been to numerous Packer games and all that kind of stuff. There's no way they would come out and support the team, uh, you know, after the, the losing the you know the, the challenges that the Oilers have had, it, it's a it's a special market to yeah. say the least. Well, this is fascinating stuff, Rich, and it just what's really becoming clear to me is that you know it, it, a person in in your role with game presentation is there is a there is a competition with the home experience, and that's a sure. real that's a real battle right now. Yeah, it absolutely is, and you know again we're we're pushing the envelope when it comes to. Ways, you know, mobilizing your and utilizing your phone, your mobile device for, for various things, whether it's prizing or, or game gamification. And, but yeah, it, it is a, a constant battle, and uh, but it's 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 a 
it's a fun fight, right? It, it, it's uh, definitely no one's given up, and <laughs> and uh, you know it's everyone's in there for the long run to you know, and it has the best interest of the fans. They truly do. Rich, this was great tonight. Uh, really appreciate your time and uh, your insights on this subject, and uh, all the best to you with uh, with the role with Game Changer MVP. Okay. I appreciate it, Dave. Thank you very much. You betcha. Have a great night. That's Rich Myers. Uh, he is the former director of game presentation for the Edmonton Oilers and uh, currently is a senior director of business development and solutions for Game Changer MVP. So he's on the vendor side of things, helping to service all major sports leagues uh, when it comes to game presentation. What do you think? You can uh, call in at 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. And I think we talked about this a bit last or a couple weeks ago with Reed on the show after talking to it's all about when you go to a game, what do you want? What do you want? Does all that snazzy stuff that you see inside Rogers Place, does that, you know, does that help the sting of an Oilers loss? Do you go, well, that was fun. That was a fun night. Or does it even matter to you? I know myself from a personal experience, I used to love going in time to see the Oilers intro video. That was a must. And I think that's when it kind of started. That's when the, you know, that's when the Oilers were drawing... You know, before that, 5,000 to 8,000 to 9,000 a game. And then they kind of changed how they did things, you know, with the new ownership group, with the uh, with the Edmonton Investors Group. And, you know, and, and they started to really think about game presentation. So it's kind of like that late 90s where things started. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline to really change. It's 7.22, back with more Inside Sports in a moment. Hi, this is Trevor Harris of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Trevor Harris and the Eskimos getting ready to do battle against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers tomorrow night on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. We have it for you right here on 630 Chad with countdown to kickoff starting at 7 and the kick or uh, 5.30 the kickoff is at 7 between the Eskimos and the Bombers. You can text in at 6.30, 6.30. Um, <laughs> this one's for the win. Kind of <laughs> one of those texts. Uh, the casino helps after a loss. <laughs> okay then. Uh, I imagine it might help, yeah. Okay, uh, to a certain degree. Got to be careful with that, though. Uh, this text comes in. I understand that added requirement of the game day experience, from tailgating to cheerleaders to uh, T-shirt cannons, the game day experience was a requirement before phones and digital technology. My question, when teams host town hall meetings with season ticket holders, are the questions around making the playoffs, signing free agents, or do they ask about an updated app uh, for kids to play with between periods? Sure. And I don't have the answer to that. And I would say if you go to an Oilers town hall meeting, they're talking about the hockey club more than anything. But I think what we're hearing is, and we said, and Rich Myers, I asked him at the end of the interview, the game day experience competing with the home experience. It's a real fight right now. It's a real fight. What entices you to come down to a game? You know, and Oilers fans have been really loyal 
but there's a lot of bells and whistles in Rogers Place as we know. So does that make it a cool experience? Winning is everything. What What is king is what's on the ice or what's on the playing surface. Everything else, though, you know, there's not. it's not mutually exclusive anymore, I guess is my point, is that you have to do both. You have to do both. News is next from the 630 Chad 24-Hour News Center with Thomas Dice. Let's keep it going here. You can text it at 630-630. How much does the game day experience mean to you with all the bells and whistles that could be inside of an arena or a stadium or a football field? This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back to the show. Final half hour, it's 7.33. And the How We Watch series has been a lot of fun. And we're going to conclude it next Thursday with a roundtable, a fans roundtable. And we're going to uh, cover... The younger side, and we're going to cover the older side from a fan perspective. And I would be probably, I would be in the mix of the older side, although I'm in my mid-40s, so I kind of understand the youth side a little bit. But I'm definitely someone in an era that goes, I sometimes don't understand what era we're in as far as the digital age is concerned. But we're looking forward to that with uh, next week. Uh, we conclude how we watch part four with a uh, with a fans roundtable, so that'll be really good. So we, I love the feedback that we've been receiving. And you can text in at six thirty six thirty about the game experience, the fan experience. When you go to an Eskimo game, you go to an Oilers game, or other games that you've been to around Canada, across Canada, or even the U.S. And I imagine every sport is different. You know, for hockey, and Rich Myers brought up a great point. All that stuff that the Vegas Golden Knights were doing, Kellen, during their Stanley Cup run, mm. it was awesome Yeah, for Vegas. If they did that here, it would be weird. Because yeah, I could see the, the fan base calling it campy or yeah. you know some sort of gimmick to sell tickets or something like and that. You know, some people called yeah, and some fans you know in this city and some media called that you know a couple media called it in the city campy and cheesy and. It looked ridiculous, but I'm like, well, yeah, but for Vegas, that's what they need. Absolutely. It's a it's a non-traditional hockey market, I would say. Nashville's a non-traditional hockey market. And I've never been to Nashville, to to their arena, but I have heard it is very much a production. It is very produced, just like Vegas is, because that's what you need. In Edmonton, what sells here? The game. The game, I think, is overarching of the game experience, even though that is still very important. And I, I got a couple texts here saying, why why would I go to the game? This is from the Fizzler. Why would I go to the game, an Orla game, when I get free beer at home? So, you know, there's fan frustration there. Good point. You know, okay, that's fair. And winning is the biggest reason. Here's another one. Uh, Colton out of Lac-Labiche. Winning makes me want to go to games. So we're in a city where the Oilers, I mean, the, the, the brand itself makes people go watch games. They want to watch Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and they want to see results, and we're definitely hoping for a better year from a fan perspective and from an everything perspective, from the Oilers perspective, organization, everything. That's a, it's a better year. But, man, you go into Rogers Place, and it's just like it's on, it's on fire all the technology. 
it's it's amazing what is going on in that building. It's impressive. But when the Oilers lose, it's not a lot of fun still. Now, if you're if you go to Vegas and you go, wow, we lost, but wow, that was a great second intermission show. You know, that's you know, maybe it's a different type of feel. You know, Eskimo games now. And the CFL is going through a phase where they have to kind of reimagine themselves. You know, there is a diehard section that goes to the games every every week. Every time there's a home game, they're always going to get the 25 to 27, 28,000. But in Edmonton, we all know it's a walk-up crowd. So what entices people to go to the games? Mm-hmm. So it's a different sort of marketing. And, you know, you can't have every bell and whistle going off in Commonwealth Stadium because it's not, you know, football brings a different environment. Like baseball brings a different environment. So you got to have your special promotions and you got to have your, you know, you got to give fans kind of a reason to come down because now you're an entertainment option as much as you're a sporting option. Where the Oilers, it's automatic. You go. When the Eskimos are doing well, yeah, I think I think it becomes a hot ticket for sure. Well, we've seen that in 2015, yeah, exactly, during that run where, uh, well, how many did they win to close off the end of the year there, Davey, in 2015? It was uh, They won 10 in a row. 10 in a row? So eight yeah. in the regular season and two in the playoffs, well, so the West Final and the, and the Grey Cup. That West Final, yeah. probably, you know, one of the best attended Eskimo games in the last five years. Yeah. And just front to back, you know, just everybody out. It seemed like I didn't go to the game. I was producing it here uh, for you guys that night. But talking with friends who went to the game, uh, Eskimo jerseys outnumbered Stampeder jerseys two to one. Yeah, and that never happens when Calgary and Edmonton play. It's usually a fifty-fifty, or the Stamps fans, unfortunately, kind of invade <laughs> our our uh, stadium a little bit, right? So yes, it, it happens. It happens. That's for sure. So, yeah, that's an interesting point that you bring up. Uh, Share Bear says, I rarely go to games. I'm a bit of a different fan. I only listen to, to you for Oilers and Eskimo games. Everyone till the end on your radio station, it's the best to me. Well, hey, I do love that as well. And we are here. We, I know we are the voice of the Oilers and Eskimos. And we do appreciate everyone who listens. And I know our listening audience is big. And I do appreciate that. So, but, you know, hey, sports... Oilers organizations, the Oilers organization, the Eskimos organization, and we have a great relationship with them. They're in the business of selling tickets too, right? So we're here to service fans in one way. They're there to service fans in another way. And, you know, when you're a a sports organization dealing with rights holder agreements and dealing Mm -hmm. with ticketing and sponsorship and marketing and all the bells and whistles when it comes to game experience, it's... uh, there's a lot of areas they have to deal with, right? I tell you what, as a fan, probably the best uh, surrounding experience and game experience that I've ever uh, experienced. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of experiences in there, but anyway, uh, <laughs> the Great Cup here last year, that entire committee just knocked it. You know, here's the ballpark. They knocked the ball like straight into the yep. stratosphere. Totally agree. And the game itself was just. An excellent, I guess, blow off to everything that we built up to for two or three days or four days or however long that festival was. That was just so much fun. It was yeah, great. No question. And that was brought about. And that's a little different because 
he it's it's a it's a it's a more than one day event for three you know longer than three hours. It's, right. People are going to the game, and the Grey Cup game sells itself. I mean, you go to the game to watch the game, right? And okay, you come and watch the halftime show. You know, you watch Alicia Cara or you watch whoever it is. That's the rec laws at the beginning of the game or sure. whatever. Yeah, so there's always going to be the entertainment element to it. And game experience versus home experience, right? But what I'm seeing on the text line is there's still enough people saying, well, I go for the game. So I go to for this, this text game, and I go to Eskimo games because it's Eskimos football. Enough said. That's S. Fan Glennie. P.S. Chili is cooking right now for tomorrow's tailgating. But hey, you know what? Tailgating is a big part of football. Mm-hmm. So that's the environment. So how do you enhance that part of it? And the Eskimos have a good tailgating um, environment now, you know, on the west side. So it's it's really cool. To be honest, I'm a little worried about the CFL and what they can do to get fans back in the seats. And it's a league-wide problem. And they better figure it out. They better figure it out. Absolutely. It's a concern. But the good news tomorrow, when we talk about the game specifically against the Bombers at Commonwealth Stadium, looks like it's going to be a good crowd. So that's really good. And this is a good segue to what I'm going to talk about next. The newest episode of the E-Pod with Morley Scott. It comes out tomorrow. He will talk with two fans. One, a lifelong Eskimos fan who has so many memories of Commonwealth Stadium. The other is a new fan from Tennessee who stumbled onto the CFL. And guess what? He's absolutely 100% hooked. Uh, This is uh, either my second or third year. Um, It's definitely the second year where I've watched every game, and and I'm all in on every week. And if I can't get to the game or or watch the game um, live, I'll, I'll find it. Uh, recorded um, or recorded myself. It's on ESPN. Uh, about three years ago is when I kind of started casually watching it, and then the last couple of years I've just been uh, all in as far as watching it every week. How did you find out about it? Uh, I, I've seen it on on ESPN here in the United States, and just kind of flipping through the channel and, and watched it one time uh, a few years ago. I was at a conference in Colorado and I went to a baseball game uh, in Denver and it got rained out. So I went back to my hotel room and turned on the TV and uh, just happened to be a CFL game on at the time. So uh, as I was watching the game, I just, I just really got hooked on that game. I remember Montreal playing just for the simple reason that, that Nick Lewis is kind of the player that, that caught my eye. Um, I can't remember who they were playing against in that game, but as I watched that game, I was just like, okay, I've got to watch next week to see what, what this guy and, and these guys do, and it, it just it kind of snowballed from there. Uh, we're going to have a Grey Cup party uh, here at our house that will invite people and try to introduce people this year to uh, Canadian football when it comes to the Grey Cup, um, and we'll, we're going to probably get a special menu for that uh, from some of the people that I follow on Twitter. I almost missed the whole Grey Cup party, the celebration. In 1993, we won. We played in Calgary, and we played Winnipeg. And after the game, uh, Rod Connop uh, grabbed me and a couple of bottles of champagne, and uh, and I had a couple of cigars, and we headed out to the field out at the... Uh, in Calgary, and and we sat down on the logo, <laughs> and drank the champagne, and uh, and smoked the cigars, and we were out there for about two hours after the game, still in our equipment. 
when you look back in a man's life, there's certain things that are kind of those those mile postmarks. Uh, you know, first date, engagement, kids coming, whatever the case may be. And with you, that all seems to be intertwined with football, and more importantly, I guess, with Commonwealth Stadium and the Eskimos. Yes, it's it's funny you say that because all all of the sort of the big life moments that have happened to me have been at Commonwealth, outside of actually getting married itself. And all that that you've gone through at Commonwealth with the Eskimos, with your wife, with your family, I believe that played a major role into the new initiative that you started this year with Pay It Forward with football. Um, tell me the thought process, uh, why that began, and what you want to accomplish with it. Yeah, so Samantha and I, were we've been talking about it for quite some time before this season started. Uh, you know, we, we like to reminisce about all the things that we've, we've received through football, through Commonwealth Stadium, through the Eskimos. And it just seems like it's, there's been so many great, uh, so many great things happen in our lives there. And uh, even me personally, before you know, just you know, take away the wins and losses, just so many, so many great experiences at Como Stadium that we feel that we, it's, it's, it's our turn to start giving some of this back. The EPod, a podcast about the Eskimos and the CFLs, available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you get your streaming audio. You can also listen at CuriousCast.ca. And West End Ron says, $22 tickets. I'm going to pick a spot of the second deck and enjoy the Eskimos and Bombers tomorrow night. That is really cool. We'll introduce you to a fine young gentleman who uh, is playing high school football for the Roshep T-Birds. Oh, that's special to me, too. I'll tell you why in a moment. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. Welcome back to the show. Well, coming up at the Grey Cup, there is uh, going to be a ton of high school players attending the Grey Cup. Matthew Watson is from Ross Shepherd High, and that is my high school, so I'm pretty excited about this interview with Matthew. He was selected in a Canada-wide search to join the 2019 All-Canadian Titan team to represent Calgary or Edmonton in Calgary for the 107th Grey Cup festivities. He joins us now. Uh, Matt, nice to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good very much. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. And and first off, but before we talk about uh, why we have you on the show here, um, you you're a you're a Ross Shepherd Thunderbird. So am I. I used to go to Ross Shep. I played uh, I played some football there as well, and we kind of played similar positions. You're a slot back, right? Yes, sir, I am. <laughs> uh, I played I played receiver and a bit of DB, but I'm the one that got hit a lot. So, what, what do you like about playing <laughs> slot back? <laughs> I like what I like the most about playing slot back is uh, is like the the intensity, like going at it. Like I like the the competition between a DB and a like a halfback in the slot, like just running the routes, always moving, active. I love that a lot. Getting touchdowns, catching the ball. I live for that. It's a tra- it's a chess match, right? Because you're trying to break yeah. down a DB, and they're trying to break you down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's just amazing. Like that's the competition level, the intensity. I love it. Now you're playing senior football, right? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, is this your first or second year playing senior? Uh, second year. Second year. Now I'm going to bring up a name yeah. here. Uh, now to me, it's it used to be Mr. Bashinsky. Or as you affectionately call him, Coach B, right? Coach B. <laughs> yeah, Coach B. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Coach Bush- B. Yeah, Brian Bushinsky's been around for a long time at Rosh Shep. What do you like about Coach yeah. 
I like I like his passion. He's an amazing guy. Just a funny guy. I like I just this having him around is just amazing. He he's a, just the wisdom that that guy holds is just amazing. Now I never got coached by Coach B, but I was uh, I, he was my phys ed teacher in grade eleven, and he is fun. But I'm sure you, as you've noticed, if you cross Coach B, oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Cross his line, all you hear him say, on the line, it's over. It's over, exactly. On the line is probably the most feared three words as a, as a high school yeah. athlete, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> We're talking with uh, Matthew Watson. He's a, a slot back that plays for the Ross Shepherd uh, Thunderbirds uh, high school football. Uh, he's joining us on 630 Inside Sports. So this is why we're talking today. Is uh, Nissan Canada recently announced the first 10 high school football athletes chosen for the 2019 All-Canadian Titan team. Now, in all, 70 players will be announced. High school players will be announced. You were among the first 10. You're going to go to the 107th Grey Cup in Calgary to represent Edmonton and represent your school. Uh, so tell me how this all came about and uh, how you got the trip to Calgary. Uh, well, it, well, I got a well, I got a call from Bachinski like uh, a couple of months ago saying that he'd like if it, if it'll be okay with him with me if he nominated me for this um, big opportunity and I was like for sure like it's amazing I'd love to be a part of it and like in the moment I was like he told me that 70 players would be picked and then in the moment like over like 100 players were nominated and I was like okay like my hopes weren't as high like there's many people and then I got an email literally like uh, a couple weeks after saying that I was selected as the first 10 and I was just overwhelmed with just so much i was excited it was just amazing just thinking about all the opportunities i could get just it feels like this it's just the best feeling I, I could i can't even explain now this recognizes not only your work on the field as a player but your work off the field i know you volunteer with a lot of school functions and and a lot of uh like yeah. junior high uh sporting events um you, you can tell me like how much extra time do you spend uh, doing the, the volunteering and doing the extra work for school. I like to I like to give back. Like I spend a lot of time like going back to junior high and stuff. Especially if I say, "Hey, we need someone else out there." I'm there. Especially like elementary, just for doing like open stuff for little kids, like a breakfast or something. I go out and help. I try my best to give back because like it's. Just being like an example for the like for little kids, especially just to show them, okay, this this is what like hard working hard brings you somewhere, and I want to give them that. I don't want them. I want them to know that if you work hard for something, they achieve it. So it's all it's like it gives them gives them motivation, keeps them going. Especially like especially on my level, volunteer with people like my peers. I just it like it gives me a good feeling. It makes me feel like I'm I'm being who I am supposed to be. I'm I'm setting out a good image for people. Does that get you almost as excited as getting ready for a game day and getting ready to play a game? Oh, getting ready for a game day. Wow, <laughs> that feeling. There's no feeling crazy. like it that's, though, right? <laughs> there's no feeling like it. There's no feeling like, like you're getting ready for a high school football game. Friday night life. There's nothing like it. Yeah, both are both are different energies, right? Where you know the the, the yeah. game day experience is just it's just high intensity and high emotion. Where I mean, the volunteering it's just a, it's just a different type of emotional level, right? Yeah, different, different yeah. type of emotional level. Like to see, 
like you get this exciting and nervous feeling but like it's like it's a feeling you live for like just the just the adrenaline pumping through your body that that, that that's the feeling i live for right on uh now i imagine matthew you're an eskimo fan yes sir i am you have a favorite eskimo right now uh, well, it used to be um, Bowman, but uh, sadly they went to Winnipeg. But yeah. no, I don't have a favorite Eskimo right now. Okay. I, I would say my favorite Eskimo actually would be uh, David Baird, the okay. lineman. Yep. Like he, like he helped me out a couple of times. Like I trained with him like, um, like a year or two ago. He's a fun guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, David's an excellent guy. So, And now I understand you're into training camps now, right, for, uh, for the upcoming high school season? Uh, yes, sir, we are. Very good. Well, um, congrats on this honor. You get a chance to go to Calgary, represent Edmonton at the uh, 2019 All-Canadian Titan team at the Grey Cup in Calgary. Hope the Eskimos are in there. You can rub all of Calgary's faces in that uh, reality. Hopefully that does happen. <laughs> but, uh, Matthew, you, you're, you sound like a great young man, uh, excellent football player, an excellent much. player, an excellent person off the field. So thanks for, uh, thanks for your time, and it's nice to talk to a fellow no T-Bird, and, and don't give Coach B too much of a hard time, okay? I'll try not to. <laughs> That's uh, Matthew Watson, who's a slot back playing for the Ross Shepherd T-Birds, and he is going to Calgary as part of the 2019 All-Canadian Titan team. And uh, they had a, basically an, an early bird entry, and he was one of the first 10 to be named. So there'll be 70 in total. So congratulations to him. All right, Eskimos and Bombers will play on a regulation field of 110 yards long 20 yard end zones 60 yards across they're not doing that in winnipeg tonight because they're playing an nfl game 80 yard end zones or sorry 80 yard field the end zones are from the 10 yard line to the goal line because they couldn't figure out how to how to deal with like an inch and a half hole which was easily covered at ig field if you want to know what the game score is packers 21 raiders 10 early in the third quarter feel bad for those people that spent all that money, Kellen. Yep. Oh, boy. Well, hopefully they go check out some Bomber games and that stuff during the stretch because, yeah, it's going to be tight in the West going down to the playoffs. Thanks for your help, man. Hey, anytime. Talk to you all tomorrow night, 5.30 for Countdown to Kickoff. Eskimos and Bombers share first place on the line for the Green and Gold. Good night. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.